I thank you that when we gather together, some of us come with much, some of us come with little, but no matter what, we find ourselves at your feet. And isn't it beautiful that we could all be at the feet of God and we can be called sons and daughters. I pray that those who are lost today would be found. They would know there's a good father who loves them. Those that are confused would find the light and truth of you, Jesus, that you are the friend who sticks closer than a brother. And for all of us, God, as we lean into what you have for us, would you strengthen us to run after you? We say this in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, beyond the valley, you know, the people of God were ones who were given a promised land. But it was more than just land. It wasn't just a piece of property. It was a culture of covenant. A culture of covenant. That they were with God and God was with them. That they would become a people and a place where others would encounter them and experience the living God. God would be tangible within their community. He would be seen within their lives. A promise. You know, on their journey into the promised land and becoming a people of God, there were many places they found themselves. Sometimes they were wandering in a desert. They were in a wilderness near a mountaintop where the glory of the Lord fell and shook the place. And other times they found themselves in valleys. And today we're gonna journey together to the Valley of Elah. Probably the most famous valley because of a battle that took place between a young shepherd boy who would become a warrior, David, and a giant named Goliath. But there was much more taking place than just a battle on that battlefield. There was something beyond the valley. That giant was getting in the way of the promises of God being fulfilled. It was trying to intimidate and hinder the glory of the Lord. We're gonna jump into the narrative together. Can I encourage you? We're gonna read, I'm gonna hop around for sake of time in 1 Samuel chapter 17. But can I encourage you? The word of God is alive. It's full of life. But you know, if you have a relationship with someone and you never talk to them, you never lean in, you never give them eye contact, that's not a relationship. It's not even an acquaintance. It's a stranger. Don't let the word of God become a stranger to you. Lean into his words, even as we do today, and watch it become alive in your heart and soul. Now, people of God, let's jump into the valley of Elah. Goliath stood and shouted, this is verse eight, to the ranks of Israel. Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, this day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. And on hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. 
And there was a young man named David who was the youngest of his brothers. He wasn't there and a part of the army. His older brothers were. And his father, Jesse, said, listen, you've got to go. Tell me what's happening in the battle and also bring them some bread and cheese. And all Long Island said, yes, bread and cheese, sustenance. 11 years ago, when Anna and I got here, and I was like, I'm back in Long Island. You know what I did every day? I went to the pizza place every day. And that's right when like online banking, you could track stuff. So I came home after a couple months and Anna said, Stephen, I had to talk to you about something. I'm looking on our bank statements and you, you are getting pizza every day. <laughs> I said, yes, I am. Do you think that changed? No, I just paid with cash. Can't track me now. Oh, so David shows up. Goliath for 40 days comes out taunting, mocking, making fun of the servants of Saul. David overhears this and that's where we jump into verse 25. Now the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man talking about Goliath keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes the disgrace from Israel? Who, listen to this, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? David begins to change the language he begins to adjust the narrative and bring it back into focus on who they are and whose they are. Now, word spreading. Who's this young man, rosy-cheeked, talking big? Let's, let's get him to the king. So David said to Saul, King Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. Let me pause here. I am not saying that I'm only David. Hear me, church. We are David in this story. So now lean in and listen because he's speaking to all of us on what he's called us into. So Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. And David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. And other translations say, I haven't tested them yet. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand chose five smooth stones from the stream and put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag. And with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. 
Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, that's where the trash talk begins. Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? In other words, what is this, just a game you wanna play? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said. I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. Now hear David. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you've defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. It's not done. This very day I will give the carcass of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves for the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead. He fell face down on the ground and he would later be killed. People of God, we are David. And there is something beyond the valley. But see, at the beginning, we notice something. We notice that the people of Israel had forgotten whose they were. They're referred to and called out as Saul's warriors. Servants of Saul. Armies of Israel. There was a struggle over how they would see themselves because they were forgetting whose they were. And David comes in and he begins to change the language and the narrative. And he begins to say words like armies of the living God. But he makes a strong statement when he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Because what he is referencing to is the covenant. Circumcision was a covenant between God and man. It was saying, I am with you and you are with me. Therefore, I am not alone. He's with me. He's not with him. He's with me. A covenantal people, a living God. See, David, when he was a shepherd boy, he wasn't just goofing off with the sheep. He wasn't dozing off. You know what you do at work when you're tired? Do you act all contemplative? So your boss comes by, Is what? It's great at church as pastors, we could just say, oh, I'm just praying, brother, I'm just praying. <laughs> I'm just in deep prayer. I'm laying prostrate. Little drool coming out. And David wrote songs and psalms, but he also remembered the history of where he came from. This church here, Smithtown Gospel Tabernacle, over 70 years of deep history of men and women of God who got on their face before the Lord and they prayed and they wept and they believed and they had faith when others didn't believe. They saw Smithtown Christian School, a school where young people would come and they would be trained in their mind and in their academics, but their spirits and their hearts would be baptized by the power of the Holy Spirit and who he was. They saw this vision 
They cried out for it. See, when David shows up in that valley and he sees this giant mocking and hindering and getting in the way of the promises of God being fulfilled and the glory of God seen, he would have peered back and said, do you all not remember? They just... 400 years earlier, our people were wandering in the wilderness. They came to the promised land. They had spies go out. They came back and they said, there's giants there. We cannot defeat them. And only two, Joshua and Caleb, believed. But because of the 10 who didn't believe, they went back into the desert for 40 years and a generation died. David would be saying, do you not remember who our God is and that giants do not get in the way of the promises and the fulfillment of God and who he is? For the battle belongs to the Lord and there is a God in Israel. He would have remembered and he would have said, no giants today because there was something beyond the valley beyond the giant. Giants are things in our lives. Spirits, principalities, darkness, actual, tangible things that hinder us from receiving the promises of God, that taunt us, distract us, and get in the way of his goodness being seen, of his power being known, and of his glory being experienced. And giants, Smithtown Gospel Tabernacle, they have to fall before the Lord. You know, in the next moment, Saul tries to put his armor on David. He tries to put it on him because that's how the world does it. Hey, if you're gonna go fight a giant, If you're gonna be in the midst of a battle, you gotta wear the armor. Church, what we're gonna do is gonna be very different than the world does it. We don't need the world's product and marketing to give them the goodness, the grace, the mercy, and the power of God. We don't need it and we have to do it different. We have to be different. David said, I haven't tested this yet. We've had for over millennia The testing of who we are, people of God, you know what it is? We pray and we worship. We fast and we cry out. We show up with faithful presence when no one else will show up. We keep on keeping on. We bow our knees before the Lord and we glorify who he is and we continue to persevere. This is who we are. Giants are not gonna fall by what we can conjure up in ourselves. See, there was a cauldron in that valley of fear and anger, chemicals pumping and all the men there ready to fight. They were afraid, they were anxious. And then David steps in, shepherd boy with a staff and a sling. And suddenly faith stepped into the valley because he knew whose he was. It wasn't his first fight, but it was his first battlefield. I wanna honor Pastor Gary and Diane Zarlingo, who I get to call mom and dad. See, David came from the fields, but he had fought the bear and the lion. 
He had trained. His hands were tested. They were tried and they were ready. He knew how to use the sling. He knew how to find the right stones. He knew what it was to worship and to pray. He remembered and was taught who his God was. Pastor Gary and Diane, for over two decades, church, they have taught us how to use the sling. They have taught us what it means to intercede and to cry out and to pray. They have taught us what it means to find the secret place, to find the stones in that secret place of who the Lord is and what he's doing. They have led us into battles where we have fought the bears and the lions. They have showed us how to cry out in faith. They've reminded us, remember who you are and what God has called you to do. Remember who you are and what God has called you to do. And when you don't remember, you stop and you worship. They've taught us. But now, church, we must approach the valley. Our hands are ready and giants have to fall. But there was something beyond the valley. The worship team can come back up. It's my favorite part of this whole narrative and story. I've missed it many times. I love when David says this to that giant. This very day with your defeat, the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. It seems to me that David is saying, hey, Israel, hey, Philistines, hey, world and all the earth, today you'll know we serve a God who's here and he's alive and there is a God in Israel. If you come against us, you come against the God who is alive and all powerful. Do you know what Smithtown Gospel Tabernacle Today, let the whole world, Suffolk and Nassau County, Long Island, New York, the Northeast, America, the world, let them know there is a God in Smithtown Gospel Tabernacle and his name is Jesus and he is Alpha and Omega. He's beginning and the end. He's Jehovah Nissi. He's my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. He is El Roy, the God who sees you and the God who sees me. There is a God in Smithtown Gospel Tabernacle. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We proclaim the good news and he mends the brokenhearted. He binds them up. He sets the captives free and he releases prisoners from darkness because he is the light of the world and the truth. There is a God in Smithtown Gospel Tabernacle. Let Long Island know, not that we might receive the glory, but that he might receive all the glory and honor for we are a covenantal people called by God to do mighty things. Church, we're a people of faith. We're a people of faith. We enter into the valley, but there's something beyond the valley. Do you know that? There's something beyond the valley because we don't fight with swords and spears. The battle is the Lord's. And with a little stone, a young shepherd boy, he charged the giant because he knew there was something beyond the giant. Goliath was just in the way of God's promises. Just a little over a thousand years later, beyond that valley there would be one in the city of David in the town of Bethlehem the cry of an infant that would break the power 
of darkness. The light would shine in a manger scene. He would be the one that those broken in body and sick, blind and lame, when he would walk into the city, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, heal me. Beyond the valley was our Jesus. And he would come from the lineage of David and he would take the kingdom to the next place and the next level. Church, our hands have been trained, but God is calling us now into the valleys and there will be giants that will stand in our way, but they are gonna fall and we're gonna do it differently than the world does it. For our God is great and he deserves all the honor and all the glory. Lord, we look to you. You are the author, the perfecter, the finisher of our faith. Jesus, we look to you. We pray that we will, as a church family here, Smithtown Gospel Tabernacle, we will never get in your way. That we won't become a giant to your kingdom and to your movement, but instead we would be Davids who conquer those giants and don't get lost in the fight because we are lost in the presence of your love because we are dominated by God. Our imaginations are dominated by God. Our hearts and passions are dominated by God. Our every being is dominated by God. Our finances are dominated by God. And in that, Lord, we would see giants fall because something is beyond the valley. It's the brokenhearted. It's the ones lost in darkness. It's the sick who need healing. It's those on this island, millions who need a savior and they need to know that there is a God God in Long Island, New York, and his name is Jesus. And so we worship you. Let the world and all the earth know there is a God. We love you, God, and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen.